0: One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true
1: light. What is the New Age movement? What is New Age spirituality? You hear those terms quite a bit, but what do they really mean? It covers a wide spectrum of ideas and groups and spiritualities and various religions fused all together into this very difficult-to-define whole. It can swing all the way to the left and embrace very dark occultic practices like witchcraft, Wicca, Satanism, and Paganism. Or it can swing all the way to the right and embrace things like positive thinking affirmations, and success seminars that don't necessarily even emphasize a belief in God. And so, it covers a lot of territory. And yet, all of those who subscribe to New Age Ideas usually agree on 15 basic principles. And that's what this episode and the previous episode are all about. Let's go for a quick review first of what we covered on the last episode, the first seven common elements of New Age spirituality. Number one, fascination with the supernatural, however, with no defining boundaries. A good example would be Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, the founder of Transcendental Meditation. One of his teachers asked him one time, What should we do if we meet spirit beings on the astral plane? What should we do if in the middle of meditation we encounter these beings? And his response was, welcome them in. That's not a very good suggestion. That could could result in some very devastating spiritual experiences. Number two is pluralism. And pluralism is the idea that All paths to God or to ultimate reality are equally legitimate and all have certain aspects of truth that can be blended together into one whole. Pluralism. Number three is an impersonal God, which is depicted as a force, a cosmic energy, a level of consciousness, a universal mind, not a personal God with whom we can have a relationship, but an impersonal force that we meditate on or that we can control with certain incantations or affirmations. It's a much different approach. Number four is pantheism. And pantheism very simply is the idea that the entire universe is not a creation, but an emanation of the Godhead. All is God and God is all. Everything has a divine essence. Or some modify that to a certain degree and say everything has or contains a divine essence. Either everything is a manifestation of God or everything contains the essence of God, one or the other, pantheism or panentheism. Number five is monism monism is the belief that everything in the universe is of one essential substance. The Hindus call it prana. The Taoists call it ki. One essential substance is called monism. All is one and one is all. Then number six is the sacredness of nature. Because most New Agers believe in either pantheism or panentheism, They have a reverence for nature that even goes into nature worship itself. And many who subscribe to New Age principles attribute certain aspects of nature to specific deities. Number seven is the divinity of man that we are expressions of God or manifestations of God. If everything is God, it's no quantum leap of logic to say we are God. And of course, unfortunately, that little word we includes the most wicked of the human race and the most righteous of the human race. And if you believe that we are God, then if you attribute divinity to humankind, you must attribute sinfulness to God that God is both darkness and light, God is both evil and good, which is completely erroneous, blasphemous, and unacceptable. Now, those are the first seven elements of New Age thought or New Age spirituality that are usually found in all the various expressions that uh, come under the heading New Age. Now, let's cover number eight through number 15. Number eight is the power to personally and subjectively create reality. Now, that's based on the idea that truth is subjective. I recently did a program, an episode on that very subject. Is truth subjective or is truth relative and what does that even mean? Well, it means that you can have your truth and I can have my truth and we can both be right because we're both creating our own reality. Opposed to that, of course, is the biblical and Christian idea that truth is objective. It's the same for everyone. But most New Agers believe that truth is subjective. It can be created by our constant, thoughts or words or confessions that that actually control our environment and control our life. In fact, one dominant new age wave, a megatrend recently was the uh, uh, way people got all caught up in the law of attraction. And if you were to define it real simply, the law of attraction is just that thoughts become things. And the basic idea was that if you think about something in a positive way, often enough, consistently enough, eventually the universe will grant it to you. Again, reducing God to an impersonal thing, the universe, not a personal God, but an impersonal force. The power to Create reality also means the power to control your life by certain declarations, certain positive affirmations. Now, that's based on the idea of the divinity of man, though. That's based on the idea that we are God. That's based on the idea that the universe is an emanation of God. And so when we speak, we are speaking with divine authority. Now, it would be very easy to throw the baby out with the bathwater because positive confession is a good thing, but not from a new age mindset. I have heard one particular leader, I was very taken aback, a Christian leader who was on Oprah not too long ago, leading the whole audience in positive affirmations. I have joy, I have peace, I will be victorious. With no mention of repentance, no mention of being born again, no mention of the cross, no mention of being in a relationship with God. It was all New Age ideas dressed up in Christian terminology. However, let me emphasize again we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because there's a power in having a strong declaration like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Some people who say that Rob's God of his sovereignty because you're trying to control him with your declaration don't really understand the delicate balance Because it would be a whole lot better to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me than to pitifully say, oh, I hope I can do it. There's a lot of stuff against me. Maybe God will help me. There's not much faith in that. And so we need to find the right balance, the right balance. The difference is a new ager believes he or she can control God, which is a force It can be manipulated by the right kind of statement or incantation, but a Christian believes he can be in cooperation with God. There's a difference between controlling God and being in cooperation with God. There's a difference in being uh, in authority over God and being in alignment with God. See critical balance between those two things. Because if a Christian is in alignment with God, number one, he has dependency on God. He knows that's his source, not his own quote-unquote divinity. A Christian believes in submission to the lordship of Jesus, and that's where his power is because there's a trickle-down effect of the authority of the Lord into our lives. And then he says, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. And the reason he gives us power over all the authority and all the power of the enemy is because we're under his power. Big difference. Big difference. The guru I studied under back in 1970 used to talk about God in such terms that made it seem like God was just a machine that we controlled and put the right kind of formula into to get the desired result. Also, biblical confessions hinge on the revelation of the word of God. If we know what the word says, like for instance, Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Then we can make a declaration. I will stay my mind on the Lord and I claim perfect peace in my life. There's nothing wrong with that because you're submitted to God and your faith is set on his word, and you're in alignment with his word. I'm going to do a program just on the difference between new age affirmations and biblical confessions to show the difference between the two. And also a Christian may have a rhema word, a living word, or a prophetic word that is truly from God. You've heard from God. And the Bible says we can war a good warfare by the prophecies that have been spoken over us, because if God speaks that prophetic word to you and you repeat it and echo it and declare it until it comes to pass, you are cooperating. You're not controlling God. You're cooperating with God in bringing that word to pass. So that is number eight, new age spirituality, usually uh, adheres to the belief that we have the power to personally and subjectively create reality. And usually that is done through affirmations and declarations. Number nine, most New Agers have a very weak view of Satan and a very weak view of sin. Most New Agers don't even believe in Satan or the devil, or they have a really watered down view of the devil. And of course, some New Agers actually swing as far to the left as to embrace some kind of devotion to Satan. Um, Let me give you an example. Like Ernest Holmes of the United Church of Religious Science is a new thought organization, and he denied the existence of Satan altogether equating satan with merely the negative attitudes that dominate the world system that was satan satan was just a personification of the real problem and that was this negativity that covers the minds of the human race demons therefore are merely unbeneficial or negative attitudes that tend to control human hearts and draw them into negative things like depression, discouragement, fear, hatred, prejudice, um, uh, lust, uh, covetousness etc. Some groups that would come under the heading of New age spirituality believe <clears throat> that there's a difference between <clears throat> excuse me that there is a difference between Satan and Lucifer. That Lucifer is the God of light, and that Yahweh or Jehovah is the God of darkness, and that ultimately Lucifer, whose name, the name itself means shining one or uh, morning star, uh, they believe will overcome the God of darkness. And so they've got it shifted around altogether. Now, what about Christianity? In Christianity, we do believe in a literal devil. The devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the Bible said that is the spirit that works in the children of disobedience. And we do believe in demons. Jesus spent much of his ministry casting out demons, casting out devils from people. And we do believe in sin. Now most New ageers don't believe in the concept of sin. There's errors, there's negativity in your life, there's things that you do wrong or you make a wrong choice in that brings negative results, but sin is not really a concept that is emphasized, and yet in the Bible, it's extremely emphasized. The Bible talks about the main controlling factor in our lower nature being the law of sin and death. And James said, when lust is conceived and lust is selfish desire, when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. So there's a very strong view of sin. In fact, I did two podcasts on the real black plague of the human race being sin just recently. You should listen to both of them. So there's a major difference. New age, Spirituality has a weak view of Satan and a weak view of sin, quite the opposite is Christianity. Number ten New Age spirituality has a very weak view of salvation and forgiveness, salvation and forgiveness, for instance, in new Age spirituality, man's problem is not sin, it is ignorance, it is ignorance, and so salvation in christianity is deliverance from sin by the blood of jesus by his death on the cross deliverance from sin but in new age of spirituality we don't need deliverance from sin we don't need salvation they teach that we need an awakening to understanding we need to have an insight into who we really are we need to shed spiritual ignorance and come into the divine knowledge of our own divinity. So it's a very weak view of salvation because it's all about some kind of spiritual awakening that brings us into our true identity instead of repentance that brings us into a relationship with God. And New Age Spirituality has a very weak view of forgiveness a Course in Miracles is a very popular New Age book. And in that book, the one who authored it said that we it's impossible to, uh, to think that there's anything that actually needs forgiveness from God. That uh, the atonement is all about forgiving each other, but not drawing forgiveness from God. And yet the Bible is very clear that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you don't need forgiveness if there's no moral code by which you are judged. And that's a huge difference because biblically we have a code of ethics, a code of morality within which we are supposed to live if we're to be pleasing to God and in alignment with him. And if we stray outside of that, transgression or trespass means going into territory that we're not supposed to go into. It's prohibited behavior. Then we need forgiveness. And I've met New Agers that have told me that they haven't asked God to forgive them for many, many years. Well, I think that's the height of egotism and pride. Yogi Bhajan, that I studied under back in 1970, said our Savior is our higher self, not the one that was born in Bethlehem, not the one that the angels announced, saying unto you this day is born in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ or the Messiah who will deliver you or save you from your sins. But see, the new age, has a very weak view of salvation and a very weak view of what forgiveness is. Number 11, a very emphasized idea in New Age spirituality all across the board is something called enlightenment. And I've kind of touched on it up to this point, but most New Agers believe in achieving some kind of enlightened state of mind drawn primarily from Eastern religions. For instance, in Hinduism, the ultimate state is samadhi. In Buddhism, the ultimate state of enlightenment is nirvana. And there's a big difference between samadhi and nirvana in the way they interpret that ultimate state. There's a lot of words for it. Many yoga advocates call it self-realization, Christ consciousness, God consciousness, self-awareness, It's all basically saying the same thing, and that is coming to this awareness that you are divine, that you are God, or that you are already one with God, and that any separation you feel is only imagined, and that you need to realize you're already in union with him. You're already one with the Almighty That particular belief has crept into Christianity. It's a New Age belief that more people than you realize are starting to embrace, that we never were separate from God. And yet, in Isaiah 59, it very clearly says, your sins have separated you from God. And so, we do need to be reunited where the Spirit of God comes into us. But the Christians I've met that subscribe to certain New Age principles teach that Christ is already within every human being, that we all have the image of God within us. So to find God, we look within. Then Jesus went to the cross in vain. No, God is external. He's outside of human beings. He enters into us at the moment of being born again. So there's a huge difference. But most New Agers believe in enlightenment. And that's in direct opposition to the idea of coming into a relationship with God. Then you're worshiping God, you're adoring God, you're in love with God. But a New Ager tends to put ego on the throne. I am God, as opposed to I love you, God. Huge difference. Number 12, most New Agers believe in reincarnation. And that is the cycle of rebirths. Now, there's a lot of variance in the way they define that. For instance, in Hinduism, you can shuttle back and forth from human to animal states according to how you live and what you do in life. Sometimes it may be such a dreadful activity you have to go all the way back to being an animal. But many New Agers say that's wrong, so there's disagreement in that camp and that reincarnation is always progressive evolution. Of the soul. What does the Bible say? Hebrews nine twenty seven says, it is appointed unto men once to die and after that the judgment. If you believe in reincarnation, it minimizes the importance of the individual. In fact, individuals become discardable uh, objects on the evolutionary journey to oneness with the oversoul. So, if if you meet someone who's really in desperate need or in desperate condition mentally or emotionally, you can kind of discard that person as just, well, they're suffering for their karma. They've got to work it out. In a future life, they may be born into a better condition. And so, it tends to it it, it tends to erase compassion where compassion is deeply needed. I've seen that in India, where there are so many people begging on the streets, and such a mindset that instead of helping these desperately needy people, they're just suffering for their karma in a past life. They need to work it out. And so, It's really detrimental to what needs to be done for human beings that are in need of help. Number 13, most believers in New Age spirituality believe in evolutionary optimism. What do I mean by that? They believe we're coming into a better age, a better era. In fact, that's what the term is all about, New Age spirituality is based on the idea that we're coming into a new astrological age called the age of Aquarius, where there's supposed to be enlightenment among the entire human race, that the uh, shift, this paradigm shift will take place where we'll be wrenched free from a very tumultuous, difficult time on planet Earth and birthed into this new paradise kind of world where everyone realizes their own divinity. And peace results, peace in the human race, no war. Well, they get some of that right because we are headed to a new age, and that is the kingdom age. When the king of kings and the lord of lords the lord jesus christ will rule on this planet and during that messianic era sword shall not no nation will lift up sword against another neither will they learn war anymore so peace will pervade the planet but not by this astrological shift it will come in a moment in the twinkling of an eye in fact that leads us to number 14. Most New Agers believe in the coming of a Messiah. And they believe that all these different projections and different religions are really talking about the same person. For instance, in Islam, you've got the Imam Mahdi that is supposed to come and unify the human race and bring a new age to this planet. In Hinduism, you've got Kalkin. K a l k i n. In Judaism, of course, you've got the Messiah, or in Christianity, the Christ. And we who understand the Bible know the Messiah and the Christ are one and the same. In Buddhism, you have the Fifth Buddha, the Buddha of Love, and Saoshyant in uh, Zoroastrianism is the Savior of the human race. And so they believe all of these coming messianic figures are one and the same, but they're not. Not when you dig into the details of how they emerge on the world scene and what they do. It's not talking about the same person. There's only one Jesus Christ. And he said, many will come in my name saying I am Christ or I am the world teacher. I am the savior of the world or I am uh, the world religious or spiritual leader that will harmonize and unify the planet, but only one person can do that, and that's Jesus Christ. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 tells us how it will happen. Now, some New Agers believe that the coming of Christ is not an individual. Many of them do believe it's an individual, and I believe they will subscribe to the Antichrist because that very charismatic, figure will promote a new age kind of spirituality. And so they'll fall for it and say, this is it. This is the coming Messiah. And yet it will be the one that will snare the entire human race. Some new agers, however, believe that the the Messiah is not an individual. The coming of Christ consciousness is really what will happen. It will be an awakening among the masses of the Christ nature. And so it will be a mass coming within every human being, a consciousness shift, if you want to call it that. Number 15, most New Agers believe in a global family outlook. And you see it really emphasized right now with the emphasis on tolerance and unity and to a certain degree, that's good. You see the bumper stickers that promote the idea that uh, we can all coexist, and I believe we can. We can all coexist with Hindus and Muslims and Buddhists and Jews and Christians, etc., by respecting one another as fellow human beings without blending all the beliefs together. You don't have to mix them all in one pot and say they're all equally valid in order to achieve harmony. You can have respect and show compassion and show kindness for people that believe much different than you. And so I don't believe that we can coexist to the degree most New Agers think is necessary in order for that to take place. A global family outlook is based on a monistic, pantheistic, syncretistic, doctrinal basis where everything is true. It's all blendable into one big mix, including all people, all cultures, all religions, all belief systems. And anyone who says their belief system is right and has an exclusive mindset is divisive and really a hindrance to the unification of the whole human race. I believe this will build more and more and more to five particular things that will become very suffocating. In fact, I would call it a strangulation of the entire human race. And that is a one world religion that will be promoted by very influential people worldwide, a one world banking system, a one world police system, a one world health care system. We already have that with the World Health Organization that is very busily trying to bring its control on the whole world through this recent pandemic that took place, and really the agenda behind it is world control. Then you have a one-world political system called the New World Order, and all these will be tools in the hands of the Antichrist to bring a technocracy, uh, the, uh, really a human race that is controlled by algorithms, and that's a very scary uh, and very frightening kind of projection for the future. And yet we know that the elect will not be deceived. Christians will have insights by the spirit of truth and by the word of truth that others do not have. And they'll realize this false brand of spirituality called the new age movement is not in alignment with the truth and the true and the living God.